1: waste the weekend or do something a little more epic. And conquer it in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. You're listening to the JR
2: Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio
3: this is the jr sport brief show here with you on cbs sports radio i'm coming to you live from atlanta georgia much love and shout outs everybody tuned in and locked in all over north america our super producer and host dave shepherd he's holding it down for us in new york city i'll be hanging out with you for the next two hours thank you to everybody locked in to the first two hours of the show because I get started every single weeknight at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can always listen on the free Odyssey app, SiriusXM Channel 158, cbssportsradio.com. You can ask a smart speaker to play CBS Sports Radio. And much love to everybody. Tuned in, locked in on our many CBS Sports Radio affiliates. We had a doubleheader tonight. Two for the price of one. Monday night football, and I think we have a couple more of these games, two Monday night games on one night. First of all, let me get this one out of here. The first Monday night football game, it sucked, okay? The Carolina Panthers hosted the New Orleans Saints tonight. This game was ugly. Come on now. The people in Carolina decided to get up and leave before the game was done, the Saints beat the Panthers 20-17. to The game, or I should say the score, not indicative of what the game actually looked like. This was one of those field goal fests. We had two uh, late touchdowns by the Saints, and then we had uh, Bryce Young, who showed a little bit of life, pulling the score a little closer, a two-point conversion. He connected with Adam Thielen for a score, then a two-point conversion. But at that point, with about a minute left in the game, a lot of the fans in Bank of America, in North Carolina, in Charlotte, they already left. And so the Saints are now 2-0, and and to the shock of no one, the Carolina Panthers are 0-2 on the season. And this is just a, a learning experience for Bryce Young. So we'll talk about that game, talk about that matchup. Uh, their head coach after the game, Frank Wright, came up and had some surprising words about what the Carolina Panthers could look like And I had to scratch my head. He's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're a few scores away from, you know, scoring like 30. I'm like, yeah, man, but almost doesn't count. That game sucked. Meanwhile, not too long ago, we had a damn good game. Cleveland Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers, a back-and-forth type game. But Pittsburgh ultimately comes out on top because of their defense. And Pittsburgh beats Cleveland 26-22. to 22. A-, a few points to make here in this game. Early in the second quarter, just absolutely terrible. Nick Chubb, one of the best running backs in the entire NFL. This guy is, is a bell cow. He has been a bell cow since he stopped sharing the ball with Kareem Hunt a few seasons ago. You give Nick Chubb the ball and he plays all season, you're going to get about 15 to 1,600-plus yards on the ground, and he's going to pick up yardage every time he touches the ball. Unfortunately, he was hit. Minka Fitzpatrick tried to get him low, not dirty, but tried to get him in the thigh, caught him directly in his knee. Nick Chubb, this man's knee, bent at a 90-degree angle inward his leg made the letter l in the wrong direction i want you to take a listen to this oh man this was a terrible injury this is courtesy the browns radio network
4: browns first and goal at their own eight chubb gets the handoff up the middle and he gets inside the five and wrestled down at the three yard line demonte kz with the hit and he has the football and the bad news is that Nick Chubb is down on the field.
3: Yeah, he was down. The the broadcasters on ABC ESPN, they did not want to show the replay, and for with good reason. And uh let me tell you, son, you you don't gotta be no doctor. Nobody's body supposed to bend like that. No joint, no ligament, no bone, and not supposed to bend that direction. Uh, you ain't going to see Nick Chubb for a long time, man. He he could come back next year. I have no idea. Uh, he had a, a similar injury without us knowing the exact prognosis. In 2015, when he was a Bulldog against Tennessee, this same knee, he dislocated his left knee, tore his MCL, PCL, LCL, and screwed up some cartilage in there. So all the best to, to Nick Chubb. Uh, was carted off the field. Didn't have too much of an emotion on his face. If you saw the way his knee looked, I, I don't know. He must have been in, in shock. Uh, he, he just expressionless. But for me, I'd have been screaming the whole damn way through. So all the best uh, to Nick Chubb. Meanwhile, this was a, a, a damn good game. A matter of fact, you need to hear this because head coach of the Cleveland Browns, Kevin Stefanski, he's actually speaking right now to the media. And if I am correct, he mentioned Nick Chubb, and this is what he had to say after the game about him. Listen.
5: Nick's got a very significant knee injury, which is, uh, you know, you feel for the the person. Um, He's a great football player, as we know, but he's an even better person. So we will support him uh, every step along the way.
3: Yep. Just imagine, I'm pretty sure, everything in that man's knee is ripped up. All the best to Nick Chubb. Now, this game bookmarked a few things, but this has been bookmarked by the Steelers. There was a lot of back and forth here in the game uh, to pretty much open things up from the get-go, right out of the gate. Alex Highsmith was able to, to pick off Deshaun Watson on a tip, okay? I think Bryant got his hands, fingertips on the ball, couldn't hold on to it, and Alex Highsmith was able to pick it up off the first play of the game, intercept it and take it 30 yards for a touchdown. That put Pittsburgh on the board immediately. And I want you to take a listen to that play right now, courtesy of who? Here. Westwood won.
6: It's Watson and the gun from his 25, first down and 10. Looks at a four man front. There's the shotgun snap, three-step drop goes, and the ball deflected, and on the ricochet it is intercepted, picked off by Heisman down the sideline, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, a pick six for the Steelers on the first play of the game.
3: You heard Kevin Harlan. Nobody can be as excited about anything but Kevin Harlan. And so right out of the gate, the first play of the game, Pittsburgh goes up 7 to nothing. The Browns are able to get a field goal onto the board in the first quarter. And then we move on to the second. The Cleveland Browns continue to put some points up. Jerome Ford able to haul in a touchdown from Deshaun Watson. And then they get a two-point conversion. Take a listen to this one. This is courtesy of the Browns Radio Network.
4: Watson with a quick snap. He rolls right. He keeps the play alive. He throws it to Jerome Ford, who is coming for Job for the touchdown. And amidst the misery of losing their Pro Bowl running back, his replacement has scored the first touchdown for the Browns tonight.
3: I told you this was a back and forth game. The Steelers were able to put a field goal up on the board. Cleveland led 11-10. to And Kenny Pickett, who I'm not a fan of. Sorry, I'm not a fan of Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett tonight finished with 222 yards, passing a touchdown and an interception. But if you want to hear the touchdown, this is what got them back into the game. And it didn't just get them back into the game. Damn it. It gave them the lead. You can go ahead and thank George Pickens. 71-yard touchdown pass. In the second quarter, this is courtesy of the Steelers radio network.
6: Pickett goes shotgun from his 29, slot to his wide side left. Gets the snap, fakes the handoff, throws that pass over the middle on a dead run. George Pickett, he's up the 40, 35, a man falls down, 25, 20, 15, 10, Pickett's touchdown. 71 yards for George Pickett from Kenny Pickett.
3: Yeah, we go into halftime. Pittsburgh leads now 14-16. to The Browns were able to put a field goal up on the board uh, with about 20 seconds left in the first half. 16-11, Pittsburgh led over Cleveland. They were able to kick a field goal in the third. Pittsburgh led 19-14. And then, then, yeah, the Browns were able to answer back. Pierre Strong, still out there. Handling the load because there is no Nick Chubb. He might have to do this for a long time. He had a one-yard touchdown run. It put the Browns up. Listen to this, Browns Radio Network.
4: Strong remains in the backfield. Watson is under center. Sends Brian in motion here on second and goal. Sends him back in motion to the left side. It's strong. He's got a shot. And he is into the end zone for a touchdown.
3: That put them ahead. At that point, 22 to 19, that was in the third quarter, 22 to 19 Cleveland. Now led Pittsburgh, there is no Nick Chubb to lean on. Pierre strong is able to run it in or be on the receiving end. They're able to go out there and get some scores. And so we get to the fourth quarter. It looks like Cleveland is going to hang on. They might put up some insurance points, et cetera. It looks like Pittsburgh is in for the you-know-what, the L. But I told you the game started. Alex Highsmith able to pick the ball off on a tip, run it in for a touchdown. And so how appropriate here. At the end of the game, about seven minutes left in the game, Deshaun Watson has the rock. He goes back. He goes to throw. Alex Highsmith says, no thank you, smacks the ball out of his hand, fumble. You want to know who picks it up? Some guy named T.J. Watt. And you want to know what he did with it? Here, listen to the Steelers radio network.
6: Watson under center, Steelers showing blitz, long count. Play action fake, he's back. There's and Alex. the ball is out, and is going yes. pick it up. And that's T.J. Watt running for the end zone. Steelers with the touchdown stripped by Highsmith and his bookend buddy Watt, scooped and scored and the Steelers take the lead their second defensive touchdown of this game
3: they opened the game with a defensive touchdown and they basically closed out the game with a defensive touchdown now listen to this that was seven minutes at that point left in the game okay seven minutes the Browns got the ball back obviously because Pittsburgh just scored and they had to punt the ball. The Browns had to punt the ball. And then Pittsburgh got the ball back, and they were pretty much stopped by the Browns. The Browns' defense coming to work. Pittsburgh had to punt the ball. And so now here we are, about the two-minute warning of the game. Cleveland has the ball back. They are trailing 22-26. to 26. You're expecting Deshaun Watson – the dude who you gave all that money to, to help take you down the field, and it came down to fourth down. And unfortunately for the Browns and all of their fans, they might say that they got robbed at the end of the game. I want you to take a listen to this, this final call from the Steelers radio network, and then I will explain.
6: Shotgun for Watson on fourth and 10. His team down four. He empties the set. The Steelers bring four. Pocket collapses. He throws it down the field. Out of bounds. Incomplete. What a great job by Joey Porter Jr. on Donovan Peoples-Jones. Ball over on downs. Pittsburgh has it with a minute left, and they've got the lead.
3: And that was pretty much all that she wrote. Now, that was a a very nice call there from the, the Steelers radio network, but I must tell you this. Yes. Joey Porter played good defense on Donovan Peoples-Jones because Joey Porter Jr. had one hand and one end of his shoulder pads, and then he had firmly another hand on one end of the shoulder pads. He was basically uh, pass interference. You might as well just call it holding, pass interference, grabbing, hugging, loving. He – he, this was nuts. Kevin Stefanski threw his hands up in the air. Everybody was looking, where is the, the, the call? Where is the penalty? There was no penalty. And so you got a lot of Browns fans who are just as upset at the referees as they maybe are or more than at the offense. And so as an overall, Pittsburgh holds on. 26-22, to 22, they beat the Cleveland Browns in Pittsburgh. Deshaun Watson. 22 of 40 passes completed, 235 yards. He throws that one touchdown. He has an interception. He was sacked six times tonight. Deshaun Watson had nowhere to run, had nowhere to breathe. He was sacked six times. And as an overall, the Cleveland Browns turned the ball over four times. They lost four fumbles. Deshaun Watson had that interception. And as I told you, two of those turnovers at the beginning of the game with Alex Highsmith running it in an interception, and at the end, T.J. Watt picking uh, a fumble up, running that in for a touchdown to give them the lead. Two massive plays that gave Pittsburgh the victory. After the game, Alex Highsmith, he spoke on ESPN after the victory with Scott Van Pelt, and this is what he had
7: to say be able to come out and start fast like that is, is huge for us um, the crowd was you know they, they were juiced from the beginning um, just that, that first play I think really just set the tone for the game um, and so I think we were able to just you know feed off of that and just uh, it's always important for us to start fast you know last week we didn't start fast um, you know this, we, we, didn't, we didn't get the result that we wanted uh, and this week we started fast and we ended up getting that result that we didn't want and that's a victory so I'll go to God for this victory.
8: Alex I was just talking to Joe and Troy and I called it a DNA win and what I mean by that is the the identity the culture of Pittsburgh Steeler football has been and forever will be your side of the your side of the ball and coach Tomlin I I imagine leans into that this week when he said he wanted to get back to Steeler football what sense did you have of an obligation that it's on
1: us to provide that.
7: Yeah, I think just coming out and setting the tone, being physical. Um, you know, I think we were able to do that tonight. You know, there's definitely plays. You know, there's still 22 points on the board, so there's a lot of ways that we can get better. We're gonna get back at that. Uh, you know, tomorrow, Wednesday, this week. But um, you know, just coming out and setting the tone, I think is so important to be a great defense. You know, um, everyone's gotta play fast, play physical, um, communicate, and we did that tonight. You know, we weren't perfect. We were far from it. Um, and if we're gonna we're gonna get better, get back to the film room, and, uh, improve each week. And you know, next week is a uh, you know our next our next step.
3: Yeah. So. In reference to the last game, it was going to be tough going anyway. The 49ers smashed them 30-7. to And the next time we'll see the Steelers, damn it, we'll see them Sunday night against the Raiders in Vegas. And the Raiders, they just got smashed by the Buffalo Bills. Ugly. 38-10. So you don't have to wait long to see the, the Pittsburgh Steelers back out there on the field. And for the Browns, yeah, they got to go out there and lick their wounds. What we're going to do is take a break on the other side. We're going to take a break, and on the other side, we're going to talk more about this this pass interference that was not called. Uh, We're going to talk about the game. I know there's going to be a lot of people who want to go out there and just blame the refs. I'm not going to be one of them. We'll also hear from Mike Tomlin as well. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio, 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. We had a good Monday night football game to watch that happens to be the Browns and the Steelers, Steelers coming out on top. And then we had a field goal fest that got a little interesting late in the game, and that is the New Orleans Saints coming out on top. The Carolina Panthers, the final score there 20 to 17. We're going to talk about that game as well. We're here for more of the coaches, the players,
2: etc. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Well, I'm going to get off the radio and just want
7: to let you know I commend you for what you're doing, JR. That's, that's great what you up been doing, the speaking engagements and, and talking to these college students and stuff. We need more of that.
2: Call in now at 855 212 4CBS.
7: It's the JR
3: Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. I told you we had two Monday night football games. The first one, eh, field goal fest. Not all that exciting. You got a little bit, maybe a hope for, for confidence into the future with Bryce Young uh, able to take them down the field for a touchdown uh, when the game was pretty much done. New Orleans wins 20 to 17 in Carolina. New Orleans improves to 2 and 0. Carolina falls to 0 and 2. And yep, this is what the Panthers should get used to uh, a lot. As the season goes on, they head up to Seattle uh, next. Not going to be any easier for Bryce Young trying to get plays out of the huddle up in Seattle. And then right before the break, we talked about the the late game, if you want to call it that, for Monday Night Football. As tonight, the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns 26-22. The game pretty much bookend uh, by two impactful scores and touchdowns by the Steelers' defense, Alex Highsmith. Uh, picking off a tip pass to open up the game. The very first play of the game, he runs that in for a touchdown. And late in the game, about eh, six, seven minutes left, Alex Highsmith knocks the ball out of the hands of Deshaun Watson. It's scooped up by T.J. Watt. T.J. Watt then able to run it in for what would be the game-winning score. Pittsburgh wins 26-22. A little bit of controversy here at the end of the game. You know, Cleveland trying to set up for its own game-winning score as the the clock is is pretty much, I don't want to say expiring, but there's less than a minute left in the game now. It was a fourth down, fourth and ten. Deshaun Watson throws the ball down the sidelines, and unfortunately, it was called off, nothing. But it should have been a pass interference as Joey Porter Jr., yes, Joey Porter's son, had a whole hell of a lot of jersey and shoulder pads of Donovan Peoples-Jones. The referee, he ain't say nothing. He looked at it, and I guess he had a hot date tonight, and he decided to call the game after that, and, and that's all she wrote. Pittsburgh got the ball back, went into their victory formation, and everybody went home. Both of these teams are now, uh, they've even their records up. Pittsburgh at 1-1, one and one, Cleveland at 1-1. One and one. Mike Tomlin. He just spoke not too long ago, and he said he's happy that they got this win.
7: Man,
5: 1-0 in the AFC North, man. We don't take that for granted. We're appreciative. Um, I'm appreciative of the effort of the men. Um, I'm appreciative of their fight. Uh, their no-blink approach. Obviously, it wasn't uh, easy tonight, but we didn't expect it to be. It's kind of a signature of AFC North ball, and particularly these two teams. Yeah. 855
3: cbs 855-212 for CBS. Also, if you're just tuning in, uh, Nick Chubb, he is, he's done for the season. He got hit in his knee by Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick went to go put, you know, drop, drop a, a shoulder pad into your thigh and tackle you low. He went too low, and he got his knee. He wasn't dirty by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but he went straight into the side of his knee and that man's knee did an L. It hit a ninety degree angle the wrong direction from the side. So don't expect to see Nick Chubb. I'm sure over the next day, two days, we're gonna find out the extent of his knee injury. But man, the way his leg and his body bent, you ain't gonna see this man play for a while, man. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Set is here from Chicago. You're on the JR Sport Brief show. What's up, Seth? Hey, JR, what's going on, brother? How are you? What's up?
5: Hey, I ain't doing too good, bro. You, you know, I, I got to talk to you about my guy in Chicago, man, before you talking about you don't like picket. And, you know, I've been a big, huge Justin Fields supporter. When I say training camp, I've been there, preseason games. And I'm even supposed to be I'm, – I'm heading out to Kansas City this weekend. at least Saturday morning. I'm thinking about returning my damn tickets and getting my refund on my Airbnb. I'm torn, bro. I don't know whether I need to divorce the team, divorce my wife. She in the background, we watching the game. She mad. I know you're mad, or she what she asked me, she's like, "Are you mad? Uh, Duh. <laughs> you you watching the game with me?" I'm well, like, "There's it, a lot consider, going on."
3: If if you have to consider divorcing your wife, maybe you should have divorced the Bears first.
5: Yeah, I was just playing about my wife. man. I was just oh, making nah, it a joke, nah. but I I love my lady, man. But nah, man, it it it's just been frustrating, man. As, as much as I've been defending fields, man, you know they especially now that they got means popping up or wide receivers wide open going to the end zone, and he just standing at them and ain't even releasing the ball, man. It's just it's frustrating, man. I I, I don't know which way to turn.
3: Yeah, no, nah, he looks he looks bad right now. The whole team looks bad right now. It looks like they're on their way to another, you know, a high draft pick. Maybe they end up number one again.
5: Hey, uh, at, at this point, I take it, man, because Caleb Williams, he's gonna make it a little bit more exciting, man. He, he he gonna make a way. I I believe a lot more better than Fields he making him release the ball a lot faster, man. He, can, he
3: he can actually throw the ball, and I don't expect it to be any better because the Bears have the Chiefs up next. So good luck with that set, okay?
5: Yes, sir, man. I, I, I guess I'll, I'll look at it. A, what, a 60-to-what, 10 victories for Kansas City?
3: And hey, whatever you want to call it, it's going to be a lot through a little, okay?
9: <laughs>
3: All right, for sure, bro. Have a good one. All right. Thank you, Seth, for calling from Chicago. 855-212-4CBS. Bill is here from Portland. You're on the JR Sport Brief Show. Go ahead,
8: Bill. Hey, good night, my friend. You're doing great on this show, man. I really, really love your show there. I just... Uh, Wanted to chime in on that on that Pittsburgh game. First off, man, um, you know, Nick Chubb, I watched him. I'm a Tennessee Volunteers fan, and I, he got injured in, in a game against Tennessee back in 2015 on the first series of the game. And, you know, he, he ended up coming back from that, and, and let's all hope he can come back from this because he's a hell of a player. Um, as for the game, man, I, I'll tell you, I'm 55, and I got to see, like, you know, I was a kid, but I got to see the Steel Curtain. And that's kind of what I thought I was seeing. I I was expecting to look up and see Franco Harris running down the field the way the boys were hitting tonight. But um, on that last call, I'll say this. You're right in terms of the letter of the law. You know, he was loving him up, mugging him up, whatever. You know, I mean, he had had plenty of jersey. But I think the ball was far enough out of bounds that that maybe the, the refs looked at it and said, we don't want to. We don't want to make that call. I think they're wrong. I think they should have. Um, I think at that point you let them play on because um, he was again by, in, in the in the spirit of the of the penalty. He was he was being held. He was being held. He was being inter- interfered with, and they should have made the call. I think they're reluctant to do it when it when the game's kind of in the balance, but it really did end up deciding the game. Well, that I mean yeah, there was I, a whole I agree, hell of a man. More. I I think they should have called it, but I understand why they didn't cuz yeah. I think there was there was a, there was a the whole hell, of, hell of, lot out of bounds that okay, it, it, they were looking at it like maybe it was uncatchable.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you Bill for calling from Portland. There's a whole hell of a lot more that decided that game. You know, Nick Chubb going down with that catastrophic knee injury uh, certainly played a part. Uh, the the Steelers defense was was more of a factor than the end game or that last play. People always want to focus in on the last thing that they saw. And that would be the one justification. That was the one thing that I looked at on that no call and said to myself, okay, maybe the ref, who was standing on the sideline, standing right on the sideline, found that ball to be too far out. And, and he had the best perspective, not me on television. But I know this much. We see enough circus catches and, and guys holding or, or keeping two feet in could he have caught that ball? I don't know. If he wasn't being held, would he have a better angle on it at that point in time? I, I, I don't know. It's tough. This much we do know. He was holding the living hell out of that guy. I'd be very interested, very interested to see, you know, what, what any of the refs might say, especially the one, the judge who was standing right on the line. It's a tough, tough L uh, for Cleveland. Especially the way the game started. Interception for a touchdown, and pretty much the last score of the game, the way Pittsburgh ended it. TJ Watt picking up a fumble and that running it in as well. Eight five five two one two four CBS. It's eight five five two one two four CBS. We got Wade calling from Atlanta. You're on CBS Sports Radio.
10: Hey JR, how are you doing tonight? Very well. What's up? Well, I'm trying to get over that uh, crazy ending of the game, and also want to say, man, I haven't heard you here on the radio dial here in Atlanta since I can remember. So I'm glad to be hearing you tonight. I had to call in to talk to you again. You haven't but, um, heard
11: on
3: what 92.9?
10: Yes, sir. That's the one.
3: Where have you been? I'm here all the time. I've been here for three years.
10: I know. I hear you all the. I almost. I always listen in, but for some reason, they've been playing either. Friday night high school or a soccer game or some other kind of late oh, night show so they got. Yeah, well, it's it's busy. That make yeah, but I'm I'm here. But 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 go ahead, I'm here. I know, I, and I always listen on my phone if you ain't on the radio. But anyway, well, I just wanted to say, man, being and first off, being I'm a Georgia Tech fan, and so Nick Chubb ran all over us for his few years. But I just got to put my thoughts out to him. That was horrible to see. But um, so my thoughts go out to him, but. Uh, concerning Deshaun Watson, man, the fact that the Falcons were basically all they needed, all they needed was his signature to, to go on the contract they offer, or not. I don't know what contract, but the fact he was almost a Falcon before the Browns swooped in and offered two thirty. I mean, just seeing all the additions they made, the Falcons made in the off season, and oh all the money that was thrown at Watson and his performance. I mean, it's just. And I was never for it anyway, um, the Falcons trying to get Watson. So just the fact that everything is working out the way it is, I just can't it's really I don't want to say blessing, but I'm I'm just very thankful that the that did well, not go through. It's it's a catch it's a catch twenty two
3: because the, the Falcons are certainly built right now and uh Desmond Desmond Ritter, you know, the jury is still out on him. It's it's gonna be out until we see oh, yeah, more for of a, sure. it's more of a sample size throughout the course of the season. But the Falcons have been able to build out the rest of their team, and they're hoping on Desmond Ritter. And meanwhile, the the Browns have invested so much money into Deshaun Watson, and here even in the second game of the season, not, not the best. 11 touchdowns and nine turnovers and eight starts with Cleveland. He was sacked six times today, and so he is still trying to really get into a groove here. Uh, with the Browns, we know he has more guaranteed money uh, than anybody throwing a rock around. Hey, Wade, thank you for calling from Atlanta, man. Appreciate you. Man, thanks, JR. I appreciate it. No doubt about it. And and speaking of Deshaun Watson, he is speaking to the media right now. I'm pretty sure there's uh, I wonder if he's going to say anything about that call. I doubt it. Uh, but uh, he's uh, running out some probably excuses about how we need to perform better and we turn the ball over and it's my fault we'll hear from him when he finishes and wraps up talking miles garrett has also spoken as well we'll hear from miles garrett i'm gonna get some more of your calls we'll talk and hear from the saints and also the panthers now that that game concluded a while ago
2: you're listening to the jr sport brief on cbs sports radio Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Just want to commend you, man, kind of what the other caller said.
11: Patience of a thing, And, uh, man, I just respect you so much, how, how professional you are. and um, Man, just, you know, mature. You know, I mean, you didn't attack,
2: but yet you, you took the high ground. You know, just stay professional and, and stay being a, a good man. So I just commend you on that. Call in now at 855-212-4CBS.
3: The JR Sport Brief Show here on CBS Sports Radio. Pittsburgh Steelers come out on top of the Cleveland Browns 26-22. In the first game for Monday Night Football, yeah, we had a doubleheader or two for the price of one of the Saints. They beat Carolina 20-17. Really didn't have any action until uh, late in this game. The Saints able to put up two scores uh, that they punched in via the rush, and then Shoutouts to Bryce Young, showing a little bit of life, showing a little bit of hope, a 75-yard drive. Uh, he finds Adam Thielen on a touchdown to pull the score a little bit closer, two-point conversion, makes it 20-17, to but too little, too late. And Frank Reich, after the game, he said, damn it, if we keep this up, if we keep growing, we can be a good offense. Listen to this
6: seen this before it's not that far away it looks bad um, but really I don't believe it's that far away you know we make a couple plays here we um, here and there and next thing you know you got 28 30 points Uh, just I know that's true I know we have the players and the coaches to do it Um, I have zero doubt about that it's just we have to execute better on offense
3: okay let me know what it happens Bryce Young tonight 153 yards passing in that one touchdown at the end of the game. Yeah, the, the rookie uh, introduction into the NFL is hitting him hard. Meanwhile, Derek Carr still getting acclimated to life as a Saint. He didn't have a great game himself. Uh, pretty bad, if you ask me. He didn't get going until later on. Missed some, some plays, had an interception. 228 yards passing for Derek Carr to go along with an interception. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855 212 4 CBS. We got a lot of folks still still feeling away about the Steelers' victory tonight uh, over Cleveland. Let's go ahead and hit the phone lines up. We got John calling from Boise. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead, John.
9: Hey, so yeah, that you know, the final play could have been pass interference called or whatever. But a big thing for me tonight was you know, Deshaun Watson and those two face mask penalties. You're the quarterback, you know, all eyes are on you to keep you safe. There are more people looking at you in the game, and he goes and gets those two face mask penalties and, and sets them back thirty yards total. You know, and I that's I just don't get that from him tonight.
3: Well, I think outside of the face mask, one one in a general sense didn't appear to be in I mean he's he's the he's the quarterback he's trying to run away. I don't think in the process of it, he's trying to get his hands stuck in a guy's face mask. And especially the one where he was going towards out of bounds. It It's just it's one of those things where it happens. It It's momentum. And so I'm not I'm not going to knock him for that. There was actually a play in the game as well, where he was ripped and turned around by his face mask. So I mean, those those plays can be very tricky. And they, they don't always go in your favor. Sometimes you can't do a damn thing about
9: them. They can, and it sucks for the for the Browns losing Chubb tonight. But I think you know they looked overall pretty good, minus the the few errant throws by Watson. So I don't think Browns fans really have anything to you know to 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 too too many negatives to take away from this tonight. Well
3: I, well, I mean, Nick Chubb being gone. I mean,
9: that guy's a beast. It is. He's the best running back in the league. He is, but that backup came in that seventy-yard touchdown run, or not? He, you know, down at the the one-yard line, but that was a great run.
3: Man, we talking about one game, one play. All right. I I think this this guy's few and far in between. And I know right now the NFL, the running backs are all disposable. But that that's not to say that 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 Ford or Strong are going to continue on just going ahead and, and and punching things in. Man, it's a it's a big deal, a huge deal, not to have Nick Chubb. That's not to say that that nobody's going to come through or that a committee is not going to pick up the slack, but from a morale perspective, just from a production standpoint, find me a running back who's going to get the ball and say, yeah, I'm going to average you know five, five, and a half yards per carry. Someone who understands that is Miles Garrett because Miles Garrett spoke to the media not too long ago. And this is what Miles Garrett had to say about losing Nick Chubb.
7: That's it's our brother. That's my brother. And uh, I've been together for a long time. And I mean, it's a blow for the whole team. And we don't want his injury to be in, in vain. And you know, we got to push on. You know, that's what he wants us to do. And if he had any choice in the matter, that's what he would do. So we just got to continue to. Uh, uh, fight and use it as motivation
3: good luck for a browns team that's now one and Eight five five two one two four cbs that's eight five five two one two four cbs john is here from texas you're on the jr sport brief show go ahead john
11: well hello jr
3: good evening to you to you as well what's up
11: all right and it's john
3: from beautiful corpus christi
11: <laughs> uh yeah tonight's nice game of course uh Nick Chubb, the uh, report is already in. He tore every LCL possible, ACL, MCL, it, tendons. He, this could be career-threatening. It could be, yeah. He's in bad shape, but I'm wishing the best life. Uh, that no-call there at the end, it's, it, it, you just can't understand some some of these things Uh Back to the playoff game between the Cowboys and the Vikings. Drew Pearson, that 50-yarder from Staubach. You look at the replay, he clearly extended his arms, made contact with the defender to impede his progress, and then he caught the pass for the winning touchdown. Uh, Alvin Kamara, the Saints. That was probably the most brutal no-card
3: in history. Yeah, we talking about against the Rams. Right, yeah.
11: Yeah. Ravens, Forty Nineers, Super Bowl, 4th and three. The defenders clearly has a handful of jerseys of the running back from the Forty Nineers. <laughs> no call. You know, it's just there's been so many egregious, infamous. Well, no call. one
3: of our one of our callers made the point, and it it could be the only explanation that that I thought of as well. Was that yeah. maybe the ref thought that the ball was was too far out of bounds for him to legitimately have a chance to catch it? Uh, but right. I I I don't know if I, I I go for that one. That could be the only reason why they didn't call it there. But besides that, yeah. man, he had a handful of them. Yeah,
11: I wasn't uh, at home to watch the game. I was you know doing my deliveries on the radio. So when I you know I'm watching the replay. But again, it's just—I mean, it's just the second game of the season. It may not have any impact on, you know, the rest of the year for either one. Well, I'll
3: tell you—I'll tell you what will have an impact. And thank you, John, for calling from Texas. I got to hit the break. It's the fact that Nick Chubb—he out, he gone—and knowing that the fact that he he tore this leg up already in high school—not high school, excuse me—college for the Bulldogs. Ugh. Good luck on a return, man. He's 27 years old. I I saw that, and I said, man, I don't know how these guys play football. Even the thought of the idea that that could happen is enough for me. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm going to get some more of your calls. We're going to hear from Kenny Pickett on the other side. Deshaun Watson has spoke as well. It's the JR Sport Reef Show here on CBS Sports Radio.